the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. I believe in the power of a gospel still makes the broken whole. I believe that the curse of sin was broken when they rolled away that stone. I believe, I believe, I believe as I been held in your hands. 
From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God Thank you. 
nation and I've heard the propaganda I've heard the lies they whisper to my soul that I have been forsaken and I'll always be forgotten no or any condemnation when I look into my father's eyes they don't see my sin they only see redemption this is how my heart has been defined and I can
give you all, we give it all, we lay it all down. We want your will, we want your kingdom, we want to be in lockstep with you. And we do believe, we believe in all that you say and all that you are doing and that you will come again and help us to be ready for your move that is coming. Prepare our hearts. Help us to be the watchful bride looking for her bridegroom to come. Oh, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. morning just how great our God is though he is he is so awesome and I can never never ever thank him enough you know uh, we just come from an awesome service a few of us 
from hearing a message that we have to lose if we want to win. We have to lose self, don't we? So, Father, we just invite you in this morning to help us lose ourselves, so we found be found faithful to you, Father. Be found in your will and not our own, Father. I just ask that you lead and guide me this morning, Lord, and that I say only what you say, Father, and do what you'd have me to do. Thank you, Lord. I got a call. I think it was about a little after eight last night from Kay that uh, Jack was on his way to Oklahoma City. That he had kind of been hiding some things from Kay that uh, for the last two or three weekends, every weekend he'd get feeling like he's having a heart attack. So, and I thought, Lord. What are you showing us here? I mean, we spoke Wednesday night here at prayer meeting how it seemed like God was trying to squeeze them out. How things had been brought against them. And so we prayed about that. And we continue to pray about that. And I'm so thankful to God. We just got to report that Jack is home. Our God is a mighty God, people. And he does what he says. Always. Ronnie may not. I'm just being honest, I may not. I'm going to try to do what I say. That's the way I've been taught all my life. If you tell somebody something, you do it. And if you can't, you explain to them why you can't. There's nobody that likes to be left hanging, is there? Nobody. So why do we leave God hanging? And I'm guilty of it probably more than anybody. Thinking we can do it ourselves. You know, my dad... My earthly father, there's four of us boys and one girl, and he taught every one of us to be pretty independent. And the way he taught was more with action than it was words, wasn't it, Mike? <laughs> My dad was the type we could sit down at the table and eat and I never really heard my dad ask for anything. If my dad looked at it, you knew you better be handing it to him. That's, that's just the way he was. I mean, he didn't like to tell you something three or four times. He wouldn't. He'd tell you once and he'd tell you. If I had to tell you again, you ain't going to like it. <laughs> but that was... His way of getting through to you that things have to line up. Things have to be done with respect and order. And I don't know why I'm going there today, but <laughs> this is what God is telling me. 
you have to submit to authority. There's no way around it. God demanded in his word, you submit to authority. Be they right or wrong. And that is something I struggled with all my life, Rusty. <laughs> I still struggle with that. To submit. One of the hardest people I've ever had to submit to is my wife. <laughs> I might as well confess, hadn't I? <laughs> he said it's good for the soul. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> God's word. <laughs> So today I just I was I just want us to realize how important it is to walk in God's will and not our own. I uh, like I said they called me late and told me I was going to be doing this and I thought I'd speak to you about something out of Hebrews and as I was praying and and thinking this morning and talking to God, well, this is what he said to do, so this is what I'm going to do. Uh, mm -hmm. I was talking to him this morning, and he's took me back to John. 3.16 and 17. And I'm sure everybody in here knows what it says. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John, what's the past? When was the past? A second ago. What I said when I first stood up here, that's the past. When are we ever going to get that? I feel, with all that's in me, that we as Christians... Sometimes we seem to walk in the past more than we do the present. And all God is asking us to do is walk in now. What he has for us this very moment. Not what took place five minutes ago, not what took place 50 years ago if you're old as I am. Not what took place yesterday. Believe me, I know it's hard not to. 
the world we walk in, the world we live in. But that's why God said you're of us. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. And I have people tell me, well, Ronnie, you, you don't understand. I don't understand. I'm human too. I'm right here with you. <laughs> we all suffer pain. We all suffer death. Is there one in here that hadn't? We all suffer things in our own families that family members that want to live of the world, that want to do wrong every time. They steal, cheat, lie. You name it. From us. <laughs> and it may not be material things. Maybe your character they're stealing. Who you are. And that hurts, don't it? And all along God is saying, son, daughter, my mercies are renewed every morning. Do I condemn you? So I shouldn't condemn nobody else, should I? And if we live in the past, before we know it, we're condemned. Well, this happened 15 years ago, and I just can't let that go. I talked to a good friend of mine yesterday. We've been a friend for many years. I mean a good friend. I've rode horses with this man. I've went on trips with this man and his wife, me and my wife. He's just an awesome friend, a good Christian man. He got hurt in church. It's been 15, 20 years ago now. And through that, he got out of church. One of the most awesome teachers I've ever sat under. And I'm not saying he's not a Christian, because he is. He's still a good brother. But he has allowed... Satan to make him dwell on the past. And now when he walks into a church, well, they're not singing the old hymns anymore. Well, they're too loud. It's too dark in this building. You get what I'm saying? Living in the past. I was speaking with him yesterday and I told him, I said, I said, I'm just going to be blunt with you. I said, we're, we're friends, and I think you would want me to be. I said, you tell me that you've forgiven these people. I said, you've got to forget it. He said, well, hold on there now, brother. He said, uh, I don't think God wants us to forget it. He said, I ain't never read that nowhere. He said, I got to forgive. I said, you got to forget for your benefit. 
if I can't forget what happened yesterday, all the hurt, I'm 61 years old, Rusty. If I can't forget all the hurt that's been done me in that 61 years, then how can I ever find any joy in anything else? You won't. For the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. So you ain't ever going to get strong if you sit and dwell in the past. You're just going to be pulled down more. And then Satan got you defeated. Well, I've won that one. Ain't no joy in them. They ain't going to help nobody because they're dwelling on this. I've been hurt. Everybody in this church has been hurt. When I started Camp Hope, when God asked me to do Camp Hope, <laughs> and I laugh about it because it is humor. John, I had on, my own family members told me I'd lost my mind. You've just gone plumb stupid. How in the world do you think you're going to do something like that? I said, I'm not. We do it through what Christ puts in us. It's his dream. It's his vision to see this world change. He said, all we got to do is be a willing vessel, right? Be yielded to him. He didn't say it's going to be easy. He said, just trust me. Come on, just trust me. I can tell you right now, I've done things that God has done things. The people tell me, well, how do you think that's going to work? Nobody told you that. I said, God did. No, man didn't. God did. You're sitting in a building today. I drove by here one Saturday, well, one Friday morning. I was on my way over to Mullen Park to see about having a Camp Hope event there at Mullen Park. I come down A Street that Friday morning come by this building, and God told me, he said, look at that building. Ronnie Smith, you know, I'm driving, got my mind on the park. I said, yeah, that's a nice building. <laughs> on down the street I go. I went over to Mullen Park. It's an awesome park, a beautiful park. I get done at the park, I come back up the street and God spoke again. He said, I asked you to look at that building. I said, okay, so I pulled in the parking lot here. The building's for sale. The Salvation Army owned it. I park right here beside the building and God just goes to speaking. He said, this will be your headquarters. He said, people will come to this building and help you that will never come out to the campground out there. Well, the building's for sale. At that time, Teresa, a lady that we knew, she was, her and her husband and kids were coming to Four Rivers. 
she was taking care of this building. The Salvation Army had done shut it down. They wouldn't do nothing here due to some things that happened. So I talked to Teresa. I called her up and I said, what's going on there? And she said, well, it's for sale. She said they had some things go bad and they're just selling, getting rid of everything here in McAllister. They'd done sold the Salvation Army house. Well, First Realty, which is Randy Sonyard, I've known him for years, done work for Randy. And then a good buddy of mine works for Randy, Donald Pryor, so I just called up Donald, sitting right there in my truck. I said, Donald, what do they want for this Salvation Army building over here on A Street? I said, I'm sitting here in the parking lot. He said, well, Ronnie, he said, uh, he said that's a 6,000 square foot building. He said, four lots there with it. He said, they're asking $90,000. He said, it's a great buy, he said. You looking at it? I said, yeah, I'm looking at it. But, uh, and Teresa had done told me that Major Thomas in Oklahoma City was over it. She'd given me his number. So Donald, my, my buddy, <laughs> was sitting there. and I told him, I said, well, Donald, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I'm just going to call up there and talk to Major Thomas and see if they won't donate that to Camp Hope. And I think he spilled his coffee, Rusty. He he kind of he kind of stuttered, and he said, "You you you're gonna do what?" <laughs> <laughs> he seen his commission just fly out the window, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I done. I called Major Thomas, and I told him who I was and what God had asked me to do, and with these kids and. He told me, he said, well, he said, I love what you're doing. He said, I love what God has called you to. He said, uh, just send us a bid. He said, I don't care what it is. He said, just send us a bid. So I met with my board, and at that time we had around, I think it was around $28,000 in savings that had been donated and my board told me, they said, well, just don't break us. <laughs> they said, leave us a little, you know. So we agreed to $20,000. So Bill Phillips, which was on the board at that time, is a very good friend of mine, a brother. Him and his wife, Angie, were on my board. They've been with me from the start. So the next day, Bill and I, we go down and I see Donald Pryor, their first realty, and I told him, I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, Major Thomas told me to send him a bid. I said, we'll give them $20,000 for that building and land if they leave everything in the building. He looked at me and shook his head. He said, well... <laughs> Okay, he said, ain't nobody else offered nothing. <laughs> so 
So we sent it. Walked out of there, and Bill, he looked at me, he said, Narana, he said, uh, when do you think you're going to hear from them? I said, I believe we'll hear from them within two weeks. That was on a Friday. <coughs> Bill looked at me, he said, well, he said, I don't think you understand. He said, Salvation Army is a big, major corporation. He said, they're a multi-million dollar corporation. He said, maybe billions of dollars, but now, he said, they may not talk to you for six months or a year. I said, it'll be in two weeks. Sean, I'm at my house two weeks to the day. Donald called me. He said, uh, he said, I got some mighty good news for you. He said, uh, he said, Major Thomas has not only accepted your bid, he said, he has wrote a letter to the major cooperation asking that they do. Boy, I'm on that phone to call him Bill. I said, hey, look what God has done. <laughs> he said, okay. He said, uh, he said, my faith is not as strong as you're running. He said, uh, he said, I told you about that major cooperation. He said, when do you think you're going to hear from them? I said, two weeks. He said, now, Ronnie, he said, that's got to go to Oklahoma City. You got to understand, Bill has been a businessman all his life. So that's the way he's thinking. He said, that's got to go from, from Oklahoma City to New York. They've got to call a big meeting and talk about all this. He said, I said, it'll be in two weeks, Bill. And we hang up. Two weeks later, we're getting ready to go to the men's retreat out at Camp Wow. That's when Lamont and Amanda were here, and uh, I'm out mowing grass at the house, getting everything took care of at the house, so I can go to this retreat on that lawn more just the morning, and the phone ring. Donald said, it's yours. Faith, trust, that's all God asks of us people. Just, just trust him. Trust him. If he asks you to do it, he's already done it. You understand that? It, it's not the way our world works. God don't work the way our world works. Our world works, and I have seen this. I'm in this world. I ain't of this world, but I'm here. Just like you. And I've seen it many times over. The world tells you something. It'll, it may be done. It may not be done. Or they may do it and then renege on it. And you're stuck out in la-la land. You ever had that done to you, son? 
all my life, my father has been faithful. He's never left me in law-law land, son. He's never left me hanging. Rusty, I'm not going to tell you it happened when I thought it ought to happen. I ain't going to stand here and tell any of you that it was on Ronnie's time. But he done it in his time, in his perfection, where it never harmed me or my family. It never brought us no grief. It never brought us no disappointment. All my life, our God has been faithful. Hadn't it? In every situation. So I stand here today to tell you, hang on. <laughs> hang on. It's the only thing we have to hang on to. God is good. Every day of my life, the past is gone. I love to tell this story because it's it's a testimony of a man. He had he was a minister, evangelist, or a prophet, whatever. A man of God. He led many people to Christ. Over in Africa, he's he's a missionary. He went to Africa many times. Preached over there, and but he got caught up in adultery over there, son. When he was like in his fifties, he come back home to California where he lived, and told his wife and kids about it. And they asked him to leave. And he tells that he did leave. As they asked him to, he went, got him a place there on the ocean. He said he was walking down the beach one morning talking to God about what he'd done and asking God what he was to do. He said a big wave come in. Blew a drop of water on the back of his hand that just landed there. A big drop of water. And so God told him, he said, uh, Sling that back out there into the ocean. Well, he said, I did. He said, I just slung my hand and slung it back out there. He said, a few seconds later, God asked him, said, uh, get that drop of water back. He said, well, God, he said, you know, there ain't no way I can do that. He said, you can't do that no more than I can remember your sins, so... Why do you keep bringing them up? That's a lot to chew on, huh? So I want to encourage all of us this morning, let go of the past. You're never going to get no further forward looking into the past. None of us. You know... People ask me every day, well, are you out at that campground? Are you doing anything out there? 
I said, I'm doing where God has planted me thus far. I said, God has promised me that campground. He ain't going to deny it, son. I love what Jack has told us, what God's word says in Isaiah. I have stretched forth my hand and I will not withdraw it from you. And he never does. His promises are yes and amen. Without a lot of leadership, without a lot of help, I can't run this camp right here. It takes a lot of people to do this. But I see God building every day, bringing people in, bringing people together to run that campground out there. And I know, I know with all that's in me that I will see the goodness of God. Right here, I see the goodness of God every day. And that'll just be an increase, won't it? Greater things. Greater things are yet to come. And greater things are still to be done right here in this city where God has planted us. Hallelujah. <laughs> but God. <laughs> He's good. He is good. He said, I did not come to condemn you. I come to give you a good life, abundant life. A love full of love and mercy and grace and peace and joy. We look at Jack this morning. Sent back home. How many times has that been done? How many times has that been done to people here in this building right now? Well, what are you here for? There ain't nothing wrong with you. There was, but God. Well, hang on. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep serving Him. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Thank you. Anybody? Um, I wouldn't speak to this except um, last night I had a dream and I shared it with Dana and uh, everything that's been said this morning just lines up with it and I won't tell you the long version of it but the short version is that 
I think we all have dreams that reoccur in our lives, you know, and you just keep having that dream. And I've got one that I've had since I was a little itty bitty kid. This is one I've had probably about the last 10, 15 years. Um, and the short version is um, I keep going to a particular area of a particular city and every time I get there, there's a gang there wanting to do me harm. And, uh, and I get through it. Sometimes I have to fight my way out. Sometimes I negotiate my way out, but I get through it every single time. And they're my enemy. There's no if, buts, or maybes about it. They're my enemy. And this time, and this just happened last night, this time, I get into this area, and I know that if I can just, just before I get into the area, I know that if I can just get to the other side of what I call the old fairgrounds, there's another gang over there that I have favor with, and they look at me with honor, and if I get through, I'm safe. Well, I turn the corner to go into this old fairgrounds, and it's completely changed. There's an embankment, there's stairs, there's buildings off in the distance here. This end is closed off. You can't even get through. And I'm stuck. And here's this gang standing there. And I immediately go into panic mode in my own self. And I pull my gun, and this gentleman is saying, Stop, we need you. Don't do that. We need you. But he, the authority of the, what I'm hearing is not what he's saying. And I know him as the leader of the gang because I've seen him before. And I shoot him. And as I shot him, he recoils because he, he's expecting that he's just been shot. And as I shoot him, all of a sudden a badge appears on his chest. And it says justice. And I realize I've done a horrible thing. And I panic and I shoot again. But every time I shoot, my gun has misfired. Not a single bullet has left my gun. When they realize that, they come forward and they gather around me so tightly I can't move. And they lead me to this new place. And in leading me to this new place, I all of a sudden have a completely new life. There's a totally new life. I'm experiencing new things. I'm living in a new way. My wife and I are there, and there's all kinds of things happening, and we're just overjoyed living with these people. We didn't know who they were, but we were pressed into this place where all of a sudden we began to serve, even though we had come there with the intent and expectation of just escaping or getting through it, or because of my past experience. So God is really saying something. If I have a dream like that, he has a message that God gave him this morning. The word that was at the church that you folks were at this morning, right? It's all the same word. Don't let the past, so I'm just reinforcing what's been said. Don't let the past take you to places where you're going to do things that you think are right. Let God deal with you in that moment and take you to a place of justice and of righteousness and of prosperity. Proverbs 16 says that a man will plan his, his, uh, the way he would go, but God will order his steps. So there's nothing wrong with us saying, Father, I have a piece of land. I want people to live on it because you said people are going to come and live on that land. Now I need to have the rest of the land. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, Father, you've given me a vision for Camp Hope. There's nothing wrong with saying, Father, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I know it ain't farming. (laughs) 
right? All these things that we know God has spoken to our heart and he's stirred up inside of us and we're waiting for the fruition of it. There's nothing wrong with that. But then turn your ears on and when he speaks to you, ensure that you're listening. Ensure that you're listening. My wife is so good at this. She is. I'll tell you a real short story. She took a position with Muskogee Creek Nation that was at the bottom end. My wife's skill set is very, very high. She has managed top-end jewelry stores. She has is, is got a skill set and an organizational mind that, I mean, I do organization. Her mind works differently than mine. I have a very structured way of organizing things and doing things. She, does, she has a different way of doing it, but her way most times is better. But she just does it quietly, peaceably, and gets it done. But that skill set is huge. She took a job that was well under what she has capabilities for. And recently, through a set of what I call miracles, because she kept saying, I'm letting God do it. I'm not doing it. I'm letting God do it. I'm not going to touch it. I'm letting God do it. Every time an opportunity would come where she could present herself with favor, she'd go, no, I'm letting God do it. I'm just, I'm not going to touch it. She'd come home and tell me, I had this opportunity, but I said, no, Lord, you do it. I'm not touching it. <laughs> well, guess what? In his time, he will lift you up. She got a position. And you can pray because there's potential for other things to happen as well. But these are the type of things that God is doing with us I want, I want to remind you of the vision that I had and that Jack and Kay related others have had for this building. Church is not about people. Church is about lives. Okay? It's the lives that we touch. We are this little group of, I think when everybody's here, we might be 20 people, maybe. Right? If everybody was here, would that even be an exaggeration, do you think? Might be more like 12. Okay, so if everybody was here, right? Husbands, wives, the whole nine yards, kids, we've got 12 people. It's not about numbers. It's about establishment. It's about functionality in God, in his spirit. When I say establishment and functionality, those are really logistic words. But really what I mean is, it's about the fullness of what God has for us, which is the establishment, and the functionality or the equipping that he's doing within us as a group and as a body. Each of the individuals that come to this group really are mature in the Lord. We, we, we know what we're doing. We've had lots of experience. You guys have sat like we have in almost every operational seat in a church, right? Helped in every way we possibly can. Most of us here have. It's about us learning to work together, become a family, become a unit, and then watching God bring people in, right? So we can touch their lives, so we can set them free through his grace, his glory, his mercy, right? So we can start to see the miracles in a personal way. I don't, I don't care about getting in the newspaper because there's revival happening at the old Salvation Building in McAllister, Oklahoma. What I care about is some kid coming in here that doesn't have a home to go to and watching God miraculously provide a place for him to be for the rest of his life. You know, some woman coming in who has heartbreak because her husband just passed away and she doesn't know what she's going to do next and we're able to give her a place of hope, you know, watching miracles happen in their lives. I mean, legitimate miracles. These are the things that we need to prepare ourselves for. If we're focused on the past, 
you won't see them. We won't be prepared, right? So I'm just here to reinforce what he's saying because obviously it's an imperative. God is, is giving us an imperative today, right? So prepare your hearts. We know where we're going. Now open your eyes and your spirits so that we can, when God says, I want you to not cross the street on this side, I want you to go to the other side. This happened to me once. I want you to go to the other side. I thought, oh, Lord, really? Just go to the other side of the street, Sean. Okay, so I went to the other side of the street. I'm walking, this is years ago. I'm walking down that side of the street. And there was a little lady on the side of the street, on that side of the street that came out the front of her house. Young man, could you help me? And I just helped her. And then I went back to the other side of the street. I have no idea what that did for her in the long run. I don't know if she was a Christian or not a Christian. But God just said, go to the other side of the street. He'll order our steps, right? So let's listen to the Lord, make sure we follow what, what he tells us to do, specifically this week. Amen. Yes, good, Sean. But uh, as God gave me this this morning, and then I love how God confirms what he's saying. I wrote down here that... Uh, Moses, David, Ruth, Peter, Paul, every one of them, anybody that God has ever used had to forget their past. And God was just reminding me that the woman at the well, Had to forget the past, didn't he? That's why he said, Behold, all things become new. The past is gone. Paul. I think about Paul so often. He's, he was so smart, he was dumb. And I'm preaching to the choir here, Rusty. We think we get so smart, we're just stupid. But when Paul had that encounter with Christ over on that Damascus Road, <laughs> hallelujah, he saw the light, didn't he? And we all have. Sean said this morning, we are mature Christians God has blessed us and made us who we are. And it's time we walk in that. It's time we let the world outside these doors see that. Because if we don't, who's going to? I love how God does things. When he asked me to do camp oak, And I said, yes, Lord. I know it wasn't probably 15 minutes later the song comes on the radio. And it's a guy asking God, he said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. He said, I created you. I just want to encourage you. It's time. 
for us to walk in what God has given us. As you just said, Sean, to unite together and be exactly what God has called us to be. Can we praise him? Thank him. You better just know it. It was just reminded me of what Kay was talking about at Wednesday prayer of like how God told her, he said, don't park there. There's something up further. And she's like, God, there's nothing open. Why? Like, and then she said, fine, whatever. Right. And then, so as she was driving up for a closer, like somebody pulled out and there it was. And and God just told her, so often you settle for good enough rather than my best. And so I felt like that is along the lines of what, of what you were saying. And then also, just, you know, what we're talking about just is in alignment with what we listen to, the prophecy over our country and over Oklahoma. You know, God was saying... We got to let go of how things were done, all of the old systems, all of the old ways that it was done, all the glory days or whatever. We've got to let go. We've got to forgive. We've got to make our hearts right. We've got to surrender. We've got to surrender all of our ideas of how it should be or ought to be or has been. All of our good ideas right? All of the, the ways and systems that have been in place. We've got to break the chain, right? We've got to surrender all of it. We've got to let it all go for God to do the new thing, right? He's saying, I'm doing a new thing. And if we're holding on to all of that, then we're not having the open hands that he needs to have for him to do a new thing for us to be new wine skin for the new wine, Right? And so it is, it's that total surrender. It's, I'm going to do it your way in whatever way you want to do it, right? I'm going to let go of all of it. Um, John Eldridge calls it benevolent detachment, right? I, I just let it all go, right? With my eyes focused on you, I consecrate my mind, body, soul, and spirit. I bring it all under your authority, Right? I submit to your kingdom and the way you want to do it. Another thing John Eldridge said is that he was struggling with submitting. And God said, this is not a democracy. This is a kingdom. And he's like, okay, God, I got it. Right? Like, this is not a democracy. Right? Exactly. And we do. We do live in the kingdom of God under his authority. And we consecrate ourselves. We put ourselves under that authority. Right? Submitting to that authority so that we can function in what he says that we are. We are princes and princesses under the king with full authority in this kingdom to do all that the king has commanded. I will. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you and we consecrate ourselves to you. 
body, mind, soul, and spirit, we bring ourselves under your authority and your kingship and all of your will and your ways. And we pray, Father, that your church, your body, your ecclesia would come into the identity that you have given us, that we would function as the princes and the princesses of the king, that we would know that this is our kingdom, this is our kingdom under your authority, and that we would take that authority and walk in your will and walk in your ways and see your kingdom come, see your will be done, lives transformed. Isaiah 61, that we would see the brokenhearted made whole, that we would see chains fall off and people be free, that we would see beauty for ashes. We would see joy come out of the morning. We would see all that you've promised and all that you said because your truth is what is real and we want to walk in it. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that not what our declaration says that we pray every Sunday? Hmm? Is that not exactly what it says? So we just stand in agreement this morning. There it is. You want me to lead it? <laughs> As we've given back to the Lord a portion of what He has given us, we declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. So we bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As he blesses us, his way becomes known on the earth and his salvation among all nations. So Lord, we are believing you for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses, our debts paid off and transfer of wealth, prosperous businesses, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold, expenses decrease, blessings increase, heavens open earth invaded, signs, wonders, and miracles, and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for more than enough so that we can give into your kingdom, co-labors with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.